0: We've been talking about making disciples. We've got the heart. We've been praying for our friends. And the moment comes when we have an opportunity to walk through that door that God has opened. Here we go. Now it's just time for Mark's Secret Sauce. Mm. Yes. This week on In Radio, we're going to talk about what's next. Welcome to Interman Radio, where we accomplish more than we thought we could through Christ's power working in us, regardless of what your pastor said last week.
1: Hey guys, let's drop the excuses. Let's pick up
0: our Bibles and prepare to win. Mark, we've been talking about making disciples, and we've discussed some of the obstacles that we put in our own way, some of the excuses that we make for not making disciples. Sure. We've talked about the key characteristic that we have to have in order to overcome that and that really is loving others and seeing them the way God sees them.
1: Yeah, ultimately that's going to be the only thing that motivates us to get to somebody else's door. And so in the process
0: then we start praying for them. Right. right? And we're going to we're going to we're going to keep them at top of mind when we're doing our daily devotions and things and we're talking to God we're going to be remembering these people. And we're going to be praying for opportunities for these people. And so inevitably what's going to happen is opportunity knocks. Yes. And that fateful moment comes when we have that opportunity. And now what? And you've got, as advertised,
1: you've got the secret (laughs) sauce.
2: Exactly. This is,
1: this is the foolproof method. The step by step can't go wrong. Okay. Method for making disciples. So fantastic. we're gonna.
0: Does it involve making a list of my 100 top friend and handing them off to somebody? Uh, no. Is,
1: no, 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 it doesn't. No, no.
0: Am I gonna develop a personal testimony that I can communicate in 60 seconds, like an elevator talk? Uh,
1: no, no, no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Maybe what I
0: do is I practice a phone script in front of the mirror while I'm oh, smiling. Mm. Hi, no, Bob, I no. No. no? No. Mark, you're killing me. Okay, okay, here we go. Maybe what we do is we while we're developing our pitch. Okay. Okay, we'll ask right. our non Christian friend that we've been okay. praying for. Right. right. Say, you know, Bob, I've been uh thinking about a few <laughs> things was
1: wondering if i get your input on oh, this. Oh yeah. Okay, good. What Just do you, kind of check it out for me, kind yeah, of Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, no. And no? dishonest. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> Honesty. Okay. It's funny how all of those things, people take those and uh you know, especially if you're in multi-level marketing, it, those that's where you begin. Make a list of 100 people. Practice your spiel. You know, get good at it. Be able to polish it up and say it in less than 60 seconds so you don't lose interest. You're going to need some business cards or some yeah. kind of a handout to yeah. put in their hand. And, hey, that's how, uh, that's how they do it. But that doesn't work when you're trying to sell the gospel.
0: Okay, wait a minute. But side note, since you brought up multi-level marketing, uh-huh. Mark... No one ever sells soap. <laughs> they help people achieve their lifestyle dreams. Right. Right. Anyway. Okay. That's, that's it. <laughs> okay. But in with the gospel, you're saying those principles don't
1: work. Not really. Okay. okay not but really. but
0: but there's churches that are filled with people who've taken maybe not that exact approach. Yep. But have have gone through some kind of system where they've reached out to friends and the and the ministers or quote pastors. Sure. Or sure. They've they've encouraged the people to. to to take that multi-level marketing approach. Yeah. There's churches in our area that we know of that have done that. Sure. And they've become huge.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so yeah. what gives? Well, a lot of the churches definitely have tried to emulate the corporate model in increasing their market share. Okay. And everything is on the table for those guys. Because, uh, I mean, a bigger band, a better light show, uh, most of the, most of the people that I see when I ask him, you know, hey, where do you where do you go to church on Sunday? Huh? And they'll tell me this place or that place or the other, and I'll say, well, what drew you to that particular? You know, what was it about this Baptist or this Pentecostal or this whatever? What drew you to that place? It's almost never a doctrinal answer. Hmm. It's a question of, well, my friend goes here, and they have this singles program or they have this thing, but. It's almost always based on relationships. It's almost never based on, hey, they believe this, or this matches what my personal doctrinal convictions are. It's almost never that. And so, yeah, if we want to grow a church the way that uh, Paul describes it in 1 Corinthians 3, with wood, hay, or straw, you can do that. Based on things that aren't really solid. Based on they've got the best band. Based on they have, uh, you know, they send people to Pango Pango to build houses Pango for orphans. Pango. Okay. There's a lot of orphans in Pango Pango. Okay. <clears throat> and so those are all ways that churches, and I use the term loosely, they they use those tools in order to to draw people in, but they don't. They're not using the gospel. What they're using are these personal relationships. But. Personal relationships is where it starts, isn't it? It has to be where it starts. Okay. But we've got to take a personal relationship that's built on the fact that we really do ultimately care about the people that we're talking to. And we've got to be able to actually help them by moving them in a direction that takes them to Jesus, rather than, you're just going to be my buddy, and as a cool social thing, we're going to go hang out at church this weekend and catch the barbecue afterwards. Yeah,
0: right (laughs) on. And maybe the gospel splashed on you a little bit, and
1: yeah. Well, just enough to make you feel better about yourself. Okay. But let's get back to what we're talking about today, which is how do we take and how do we begin to develop those relationships with people? How do we begin to open the doors so that we can share the gospel to them? One of the best things that you can do is be quiet. Excellent. That was very good. Okay. Practice. I, I had to very actually good. put my hand in all of it. Okay. All right. Hey, when you meet somebody, let them tell you who they are. You know, find out what's important to them. Find out who they are. Find out where they work. Find out what their family is like. Find out what they're struggling with. Find out what's important to them. What's exciting to them? What do they enjoy? People sometimes, if you show up and and the first thing that you do when you meet somebody new is say, "Hey, would you like to know the gospel?" Right. Well, you just told them that they are important to you, in so much as you are as they are marked to you that they're as they long as, as
0: long as they're interested in the gospel, they're important to you. But right. if they're not interested in the gospel, you don't have time for them. Exactly. Okay. All right, so but let's back up for just a minute because it sounds a little bit like what we're laying out for people is a tactic. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about this before that we're not talking about a tactic as much as we're talking about a mindset and a lifestyle. We're, if we love people and we're concerned about them first and foremost, some of this kind of comes naturally. It's, at least it should, but we're just putting that love to use in a way – that is helpful to that person. Because there is honestly some trepidation at times like, what do I say? What do I do? Even if I do love that person, I do care about them. But I guess what I'm saying, Mark, is this won't work for the person who doesn't genuinely love the people he's talking to.
1: We're trying to change character, not their character, Ours. our character. Right. So that our genuine love for that person is communicated to them in everything we say, everything we do the way we the way we hold ourselves the way we I mean we want them to know and that's something that you're going to have a lot of trouble trying to fake if you're just yeah. going to put on the the facade grab my bible and head out the door people can see through you it's so true and it doesn't it, it just doesn't pay so yeah. for us the really the key to sharing your faith is changing our character first to be ultimately concerned about the people around us when we can do that when we can convince the person you're talking to, that you care about them, because, because you it's really, do. yeah, because it's yes. really true. Yes. Okay. Then something fantastic is going to happen. And uh, one of my one of my buddies, Clint Stone in in Billings, he he says it this way. He said, you know, the door of opportunity with people looks a lot like their closet door. You know, the stuff that people put in their closet that they don't want anybody All those to know about. Yeah. Right. When people open up and they say, you know what, I have this problem, or when they open up and they say, you know, this is going on in my life, that is the door of opportunity because that's when we know that we have earned, to some degree, their trust. Right. And they they are legitimately looking for help because they think we're interested in helping them. This is an important moment. It is very important. And, yep. and we have
0: to be good stewards of that moment. We have to be good stewards of that person that just opened up their heart to us. We have to make sure that their best interest is at mine. That's yes. right. And so when that happens, what's next?
1: I like how Jesus does this in Matthew chapter 20. In uh, Matthew 20 and about verse 29, As they were going out from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. Behold, two blind men sitting by the road, hearing that Jesus was passing by cried out, and they said, Lord, have mercy on us, Son of David. And the multitude sternly told them to be quiet. And they cried out all the more, saying, Lord, have mercy on us, Son of David. And Jesus stopped, and he called them, and he said, what do you want me to do for you? This, I It's a little bit comical, really. I think Jesus is walking down the road, and here's these two blind guys, and they're calling out, Lord, have mercy on us, and, you know, and at first, it looks like Jesus is just gonna kinda go on by and yeah. they keep crying out all the more and making a lot of ruckus and so finally Jesus stops the parade and, but he doesn't go over to them. He calls them to come to him. Okay. So imagine what this looks like. There are two blind guys, you know, Probably oh, being right. led, yeah, of course, to where Jesus is. They're yeah. blind, yeah, and so they're feeling their way around, or you know, somebody's got them by the hand, and they're taking them over to see Jesus. And then when they get there, here's two blind guys, and Jesus asks this, this really profound question. Yeah. You know, uh, what what do you want me to do for you? Hello, hello? <laughs> right? Jesus. Uh, yeah, Are I thought you he blind? was more perceptive yeah. than that. Yeah. <laughs> he says, "What do you want me to do for you?" That that question, though really simple, is really important. Number one, they may not have wanted, we kind of assume, well, if they're blind, they must have wanted to see, and they did. But maybe they wanted something else. Maybe they wanted to be forgiven of their sins. Maybe they wanted, maybe that wasn't the most important thing to them. Maybe they had something else in their life that was a more pressing need. But number one, it communicates Jesus' is concerned about them, what do you want? Not what do I want to give you, but what do you want? And with the people that we're talking to, we're not trying to find out what we can give them. We're trying to find out what they need. We're not running them down a chute of predetermined responses. Here, take this, take this. Right. We want to find out, hey, what's important to you? They're driving the bus. Yes. And this question really um, confirms in their mind... That this is what they want. What do you want? We want to be able. We want our eyes, as they said in verse 33, to be opened. So Jesus says, okay, we will we'll take care of that. But now they're the ones who've said, we want the help, and this is what we want help with. That's an open door. I'm going to try and help you.
0: So we practice our listening skills at this point, and we're, right. when they're telling us this, we are actually genuinely listening, not the kind of listening that a lot of times us guys do, like uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, so we can make it to the next point in our conversation. What, what is our next point? Uh, what? Hell right. Yeah. So exactly that—that's the kind of listening we're doing. Is we're we're tuning in. What are they really telling me? Mm-hmm. What are they really sharing? Um, and then probably while we're praying, Lord,
1: yeah, <laughs> help, help me be able to help them. Exactly. Yep. Some of those guys aren't going to want your help. Some of those guys say, you know what? I'm doing fine. Okay. In that case, you can go home and scratch them off your list. No, you're what? not going to do say, that. <laughs> yeah. Because you care about them. Okay, right. so what? They don't want your help today. That's all right. I'm offended because I put myself yeah, on the line right. to
0: try to help you.
1: That's it. And you wouldn't let me. Well,
0: you know what? God will show them. That's He'll show them. I tried, oh, but, you know, Lord they'll get what's mercy. coming to them. No, we've heard that. We've heard that people talk like that yep. before. Yeah, we have, unfortunately. And uh, maybe we've done that a little bit ourselves. But here's the deal. If somebody doesn't want our help that's okay that's okay that's okay because maybe we aren't the right person to help
1: maybe but you know it may be too that they just need a little bit more time yeah and uh, if we haven't built up that foundation of trust yet that's just fine so I'm gonna try and stay in that person's life right I'm gonna because I care about him I I want to be involved in their life doesn't mean hey just because they aren't interested in knowing Jesus right now. I'm the just yeah. you know, kicking the dust yeah. off and moving on. Yeah. I'm going to stay involved. in. Now, if they tell me, you know what, I don't want anything to do with Jesus, I'm, that's, that's it, not interested, not now, not ever, I'm probably not going to make that a big, a, 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 blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to chase down someone right. who doesn't want that. But you're not writing them off either. No, the door is yeah. still open. Yeah, and and I want to communicate to them that the door is open. If what is I'm that? not the right person, we're gonna try and find the right person. How does that sound in conversation?
0: So you and I are talking, yeah. and uh, and you asked me how you say okay. You asked me how how can you help me? Sure, Jason. What's what's going on for you? Well, you know, Mark, I, um, I'm I've had some problems with the family and this kind of thing, but. I don't know that you're the guy to help me out on this.
1: You know, I may not be the guy to help you out. What kind of a guy are you looking for? Huh. So you're Probably back someone, in the yeah. driver's seat. Yeah. <clears throat> you're, and, and you're telling me what it is that you're after. Maybe I can't help you, but we're going to work on seeing if we can find someone who can. And that question you posed to me wasn't part of a chess match.
0: You're not trying, well, what kind of person are you looking for? It wasn't that. It was genuinely, because you want to know, maybe there's somebody you can point me towards. Sure. Can I help you? Yeah.
1: You got it. So that's what we do. We're going to focus on that person. We're going to focus on what they need and really let them know that we care about them. So all this talk, Mark, about
0: helping people and listening to people and sharing the gospel with people, you know, it, it really reminds me it's, a lot.
1: It's it's uplifting, isn't it? It is. It sounds just, just like, like Christian, Christian radio.
0: KCRE 94.3.
1: Okay.
2: Oh, that sounds good. I've heard this before. Yeah, hey, it's a... Pic- wait
0: I can't... I'm not able?
2: Will choose a great-tasting miller life? Oh, that was personal.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: hey, my hallelujah's even broken. That's not very encouraging. We're <laughs> <laughs> We're broken. We're all in it together. Man, this so is So sad. So sad.
2: No, oh.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to take it. Not anymore. <laughs> no yeah, it's got to change the mind. Yes, we're going to listen to something that's more positive. Something that puts us on the right track and encourages us to win. You think we can find something like that? Scan the dial. Oh, give it a shot.
2: Down, Don't you care, don't you care Are you gonna let them drown How can you be so numb Not to care if they come You close your eyes And pretend the job's done oh, Bless me, Lord Bless me, Lord, you know, it's all I ever hear. No one aches, no one hurts, no one even sheds one tear. But he cries, he weeps, he bleeds, and he cares for your needs. And you just lay back and keep soaking it in. Oh, can't you see brings people to your door and you turn them away as you smile and say, God bless you, be at peace, and all heaven just weep. Because Jesus came to your door, you've left him out on the street. Open up and give yourself away You see the need, you hear the cries So how can you delay? God's calling and you're the one But like Johnny, you're on. He's told you to speak But you keep holding it in The church just can't fight Cause it's asleep in the light How can you be so dead When you've been so well fed Jesus rose from the grave And you, you can't even get out of bed Oh, Jesus rose from the dead
0: That was Keith Green, Asleep in the Light, the late Keith Green. And, uh, you know, we, the lead up into that, Mark, that song, we talk about listening to something positive on the radio and things. And then we yes, we throw this one at him and it tells everybody <laughs> to wake up and start caring about people. But I love this song because really this song is, is an encouragement to us, maybe a bit of a rebuke, not a bit, it is a rebuke about caring about the souls of people and seeing what really our job is.
1: Yeah, it's a tremendously poignant reminder of the fact that uh, everything is not well in the world.
0: No, and we don't hear a whole lot in, in Christian radio today. Never. It's, this sings with the heart of reaching the loss like that. And not, so uh-uh. that's why we picked that, guys. A little blast of the past. Maybe that's not your style, Keith Green's style. That's back Get in the 70s. and Yeah, you can deal with it. But the message is, is, is amazing, and uh, we'd encourage you to check it out. It was on Spotify. Keith Green, asleep in the light. So we're talking now, Mark, about making that turn in our conversation with people. To ask them what we can do for them. Uh, maybe they've shared with us what they need. Maybe they haven't. Uh, but assuming they have maybe they've opened up their heart and now we're
1: having a conversation now what yeah when uh, when we have their buy in when they want to be helped and we know what they want to be helped with most all of the of the struggles that people are going to run into are at some point related to the inner man you know the the challenges that they have whether it's in In interpersonal relationships, or whether it's in personal behavior, or whether it's in addictions, regardless of what it is, all of those come from the inner man. And we can help those guys, but we need to kind of make that change. In John chapter 4, there's a great example of how Jesus can do that. Uh, You know, John chapter 4 is Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's a kind of a comical exchange, almost a little bit, because she had a bone to pick with him. A, a little bit. Yeah, she kinda did. A little bit. Well, yeah. who are you, a Jew, yeah. you know, speaking to me as Samaritan? You know, what? why would you say, Give me a drink? And so Jesus in verse ten, he just kinda spins that a little bit. He said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water and she said, Wait a minute, buddy, you don't even have a bucket. Yeah. How are you gonna get that living water? Uh, he said, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst, but the water I shall give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Jesus took the need and he addressed it where it really is. She needs, He says, give me a drink. Uh, she doesn't need a bucket. Uh, what she needs <laughs> is living water. And right. so what we want to do too is we want to address people's true needs. And that requires a little bit of honesty and a little bit of courage on our part because we're going to have to now take that thing that they've laid at our feet and said, help me with this, and say, all right, here's the problem. And your problem is spiritual in nature. She says, well, Jesus said, hey, go get your husband. And she said, I don't have one. You are correct. You've you had, don't have a husband. you had five. And the guy you're with now is not your husband. Now, Jesus loves this woman. Right.
0: He's not playing a game of gotcha with her. He's not trying to one-upsmanship her here. This is... Nope. He, he's he's addressing a real need.
1: Yeah. He really cares about her. This is, this is where she is. This is where she's at. And so Jesus is going to work with her. But, guys, this is the point where you are going to have to put on a little bit of courage. Up until now, it's real easy to say, how can I help you? Yes. Who could disagree with you asking them how you can help? Right. Now you're going to offer what it is that you can help. And that is, hey, you know what? Jesus has a solution for that problem.
0: Okay, Mark. So Jesus has a solution for that problem. Uh-huh. What does that, what does that sound like in conversation? So you've asked how you can help. The person, let's say they give you some information about how, what they think the problem is. Sure. Okay. In this case, they're not getting along with their coworkers. Well, they're annoying. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, yeah, and you know when the person talks <laughs> too loud in the cubicle next to me, mm. and they blame me for everything. Takes my stapler.
1: Yep. Yeah. I understand. Okay. You know, they
0: just And they don't pull their fair share, yes. and they tell the boss bad things about mm-hmm. me, and yada, 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 yada. So I give you all of the problems that I think that
1: you need to hear. Okay. Got it. Now what? Well, now what I'm going to do is find out – how we can address that from your character. I'm not going to overpromise, okay? Okay. Um when Jesus does not say I'm going to make people around you nice. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would be handy. But uh it, that's not that's not in the in the uh that's not in the promise. Jesus says what I can do is I can work on your character. So I'm going to ask that person, well, the best thing that we can do to help solve those problems at work is working on you okay so let's
0: let's play that for a second all right so you asked me what i what you can do for me and i and i come back and i say mark i'm having such a hard you know what you could do could you pray for me at work i'm having a hard time at work because of sally in the cubicle next to me she she doesn't show up on time, she blames me for the projects don't get done right, she's always talking bad behind my uh-huh. back, and and I'm just having a really hard time dealing with Sally
1: and trying to be a Christian. Okay. Can you pray for that? I certainly can. And so let's do that and then let's see how we can best help Sally. Okay. See, so now we're back to talking about how we can change your character to best help Sally. Okay. So, how can we do that? In that, what are the things that, that you're working on? If it's an issue of patience, if it's an issue of forgiveness, if it's an issue of bitterness, does the Bible have answers for those issues? Absolutely. Right. We've got that covered. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to start talking about changing the way that you interact with Sally. and gives her the freedom to make the kind of changes she needs to make also. Wait, so you just told me that I'm the problem. Not yes, salad. but I did it nicely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of times. I mean we can't we cannot make the people around us change, but we can sure help them. And the best way we can do that is really by changing our own personal character. So if somebody's having those issues, we are right back to the inner man. Changing the inner man. Yeah, and addressing those character issues.
0: You know, there's some episodes, one through five, of Inner Man Radio. I've heard they're quite good. And they address
1: (laughs) changing the inner man.
0: Yeah. That's what that's all about. So uh, that'd be some good resources. But really what you've just done here is you've used the situation to address the real problem. Because the
1: vast majority of the time, the issue really is going to be changing the inner man. That's always the issue. It's always the issue. And if this is something they want to fix, I mean, the Scripture's... Are replete with illustrations about forgiveness, right? Then yeah. I mean, And there's the guy who was forgiven much and forgiven little, and the guy who went out, you know, and who who uh, owed his master ten thousand, and the guy who owed fifty, and th- there's all of those things that the scripture helps to put our mindset in the right frame so that we can work through that stuff, okay. so that we don't carry. Uh, unforgiveness, and it doesn't become bitterness, and we've we got a handle on those things. People can use that, and they can use it quickly, and they can they can grab onto those principles and really start to change their life. That does something huge for us in sharing our faith. Number one, it's helped the person that we're genuinely trying to help. Yes, But we've also lent a lot of credibility to the Scriptures in their eyes because they say, you know what? That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. I can forgive somebody else because I've been forgiven. Or, I don't have to carry that kind of burden because it's not my problem. It's not my job. And that begins to free people up. And they say, you know what? Maybe the Bible has some of those answers that I could use in the rest of my life. Because what we've done, Mark, just backing up a little bit,
0: what we've actually done here when somebody has given us their problems and concerns and they've shared... We've actually used that opportunity to address what the real problem is that they might not be seeing. And the real problem is always changing the inner man. The person sharing all those problems with us, the real thing that we gotta get to is how do we change the inside of that person? How how do we how does that heart not that we change it, but how does that because no matter what their problems are, if it's their wife or their coworkers or their kids or the neighbors or whatever, it always comes down to How do I change me?
1: Yeah, the only guy I have control over is the one that wears my pants. And we're going to help... That's me.
0: Yes. So we're going to help walk them through those changes. And that's where cleansing the inside of the cup, changing the inner man comes into play. You got it. And that lends credibility to the scriptures because as we're walking them through that process, they're seeing in their own life changes being made because those are changes they can make. They're not relying on sally
1: in the next cubicle to make changes they can't control that right so they're getting it and it lends credibility to the word of god and we've begun already now through the process of helping them to build some faith in the scriptures a process that we're going to have to really start to work on now if they want to go the next step is okay how do we confirm to them that the scriptures are authoritative now the Ooh, door is open. Yes, and so now they're willing to listen. Well, you know, maybe the Bible does have some answers. Yes, and so to build faith in the Scriptures is a process that require that's not exactly what you're going to hear on Sunday morning TV. Uh, no, no, un- unfortunately not. Not, so, not even podcasts.
2: <clears throat> well, except it's for
1: this one. On you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's different. Yeah, but unfortunately, the religious world has a skewed picture of what faith is. And it really tends to undermine the validity of an individual's personal convictions. And it, it really hamstrings them when it comes to making changes in their life and trusting God to help them in that process. So Mark, it's critical at
0: this juncture that we... <laughs> what are you laughing at? We scripted this last part by the way, but now we're completely off script. It's okay. Polished. okay. It's, so, critical. it's critical. Let's go back to the this, it's critical at part. At this juncture, it's critical that we help them establish faith the right way. Ah, uh, yes?
1: Yes. How? Absolutely necessary. How do we do that? Let's find out next week on Interman Radio.